Welcome to Virtual Church Media and Quantum Christian Life. We are the Herobedians. My wife and I, Joanna, is my wife. There she's waving. Wave again, Joanna. It's so fun. Everybody likes to see your hand. And I like to say hello to everybody as well. But tonight we're going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to my heart, as many of them are. But I'm wearing a Christmas shirt. If you're listening on audio, it doesn't mean a lot to you, but visually picture a Christmas shirt. And I'm here with this Christmas shirt because it is Christmas time at the time of this recording, although this message will be timeless. At Christmas time, we recognize gifts. Well, God gave gifts to men, and he is a giver of gifts. God so loved the world that he gave the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth on him will not perish but have everlasting life. God is a giver of gifts, and he wants to load you up with gifts. You might think they'll come wrapped up in pretty packaging with bows on them, but the gifts that he wants to pour out on you are not limited to that. They are spiritual gifts, spiritual in nature, and these gifts enable you to release God's love unto mankind. God wants to touch a, a sighing, dying, crying world of destitute humanity in need of a Savior that are hurting, and they need healing, they need wholeness, they need deliverance, they need freedom, they need encouragement, and He wants to give gifts not just to you, but through you not just to you but through you the gifts are not for you as much as they are through you and when we get that perspective on the gifts of the holy spirit we'll be trees of righteousness a planting of the lord that are carriers of god's love and goodness and provision and victorious power into the earth and lives will be transformed by the gifts God gives to men and gifts he gives through mankind. He gives them through people like you and like me. There's a person who said to me one time, they said, well, David, you know, the Holy Spirit gives gifts as he wills. And I said, absolutely. That's what the scripture says. I said, can I give you a little different perspective on that? Because there's two sides to every coin. There's a heads and there's a tails. And the heads is God gives gifts to whoever he will. And I believe he gives gifts to whomsoever will. Are you willing? Are you a receiver? Are you a carrier of his glory? And are you willing to take the gift that he gives you and carry it as a messenger to someone else, not just sit on the gift, not just talk about what a great gift you've been given, but the gifts are not just to you, but they're through you more than they are for you. Now I wanna share the difference between gifts and fruit. The gifts of the Spirit, we're gonna get into those, they come from 1 Corinthians 12. Then there's the fruit of the Spirit. But let's just go ahead and read a chapter here, or a little verse. Our primary passage here tonight is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. This is recognizing the manifestation gifts or the gifts that God gives to the New Testament church. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 really starts in verse 1 saying this. Now, brethren, concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you 
to be ignorant. Concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. The enemy's ability to keep us defeated is commensurate or equal to his ability to keep us ignorant. How many people want to learn and grow from grace to grace and faith to faith and get more and more of the Lord as we're transformed into his image and likeness? So what happens is this. When we get knowledge, faith rises up in us when we hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Tonight, faith is going to rise in you, and you're going to receive an impartation of spiritual gifts. You're going to receive an activation of spiritual gifts. What's going to happen is as faith rises and we talk about different gifts, the Holy Spirit's going to highlight one of the gifts or two of the gifts, and he's going to highlight it, and you're going to go, wow, I've already been operating in something like that. Or you're going to say, I've always wanted that gift from the Lord so I could carry that to others and meet their needs. Because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and his eyes roam to and fro throughout the earth to find those hearts that are fully surrendered to him that he might show himself mighty and strong in your behalf. Second Chronicles 16, 9. So now, brethren, concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant and let me just share this with you. The spiritual gifts that we're talking about, the word gifts here is the word pneumaticos. The word pneumaticos is spirituals. So the word spiritual gifts or spirituals is what he's talking about. So the word, uh, now concerning spiritual things, I would not have you to be ignorant. Under this umbrella of spiritual gifts or pneumaticos, spiritual things, you ever heard of air-filled tires? They're called pneumatic tires. You're an air-filled being. You're filled with the Spirit of God. He breathed the breath of life into you. You became a living being. So tonight, you're going to get filled with more of the pneuma, the Spirit of God, and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Pause and just think for a second. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you has all the gifts. The Holy Spirit has all the gifts and he lives in you. That means any gift that he has can operate through you at any time, anywhere. Amen. And what happens is when you begin to realize that Christ in you, Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory lives in you and nothing is impossible with God and he lives in you. When you're in alignment with him, nothing is impossible with you and for you and through you because you're in alignment with heaven. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. We talk about the nine spiritual gifts which are manifestation gifts. And I'm just going to go ahead and name them. You can read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Number one is word of wisdom, supernatural application of knowledge or facts. Number two is word of knowledge, specific information given by the Holy Spirit to solve a problem. Number three is the gift of faith. The gift of faith is special faith that comes upon you to do something miraculous. The gift of faith is different than regular faith. The gift of faith is something that comes on you in power to do something that's impossible. The gift of faith is an operation 
when this is how you can know the gift of faith is in operation. When the gift of faith is in operation, the impossible suddenly looks logical. You just can't imagine it not happening. When that kind of faith comes on you, it comes and it goes. It doesn't just stay with you all the time. And when that happens, a Daniel can go into the lion's den and fall asleep. That's not normal faith. You can go pull somebody out of a wheelchair in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. When the gift of faith comes on, you just go. You can't imagine them not getting healed. When I pray for people that have deaf ears and the gift of faith comes on me, I cannot imagine them not hearing after I pull my fingers out of their ears and they get healed. When the gift of faith is not on me, it's not the same way. Now, I have history with God with a lot of, you know, experience where he has healed the deaf ears. People were 100% deaf. They never heard. And boom, he just, it's, they say, it felt like a freight train went through my ear. I pray for other people. It's not that way. Because the gift of faith is not, not an operation. But the gifts of healing can always kick in at any time. When that gift of faith comes on you, it is wonder-working, miracle-working faith. So somebody says, oh, well, I've got the gift of faith. Maybe you do. It will be demonstrated by supernatural miracle signs and wonders. Or you might have the gift of faith to believe things that nobody else would believe. Like uh, I was talking with somebody the other day and they said that uh, somebody that they knew was retiring and the Lord spoke to them. You know, you should have this, uh, this TV station and, and this and that. And, you know... Why don't you have this? Anyway, the Lord showed them how to do something and they raised $40 million just like in a matter of, of weeks. It was just miraculous. And now the gospel is going around the world. But the gift of faith came upon that person in that moment for them to, it, and that, guess what? That gift left for that. So they can't just go raise 40 million every time, but it came on them for a miraculous work. So the, that gift of faith is different than regular faith. So gift of faith is special faith that comes upon you to do something miraculous and the impossible suddenly looks logical. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I have watched video footage of my wife and I when we've been ministering. And I've watched video footage of miracles or signs or wonders that happen. And it's as if we're watching somebody else on TV or on video. And we're more mystified than anybody at what is taking place. Because the gift of faith is not on us while we're watching a week later or, you know, three months or three years later. And we're just like amazed that God is doing such a thing. And then we realize, oh my gosh, that's us in there. But it's really Christ in us, the hope of glory. So does that help when it comes to the gift of faith? So number one, word of, word of wisdom. Number two, word of knowledge. Number three, the gift of wonder-working faith. Number four, the gifts of healing. Power to heal the sick of various sicknesses, diseases, or infirmity. I want to highlight something here. It says the gifts of healing. Gifts, plural, of healings, plural. There are different gifts under the category of the healing gift. Like I have one friend. He operates in dental miracles. They've had 500 dental miracles that are documented in his ministry. What will happen is like uh, amalgams are turned to silver or gold or, you know, whatever. I got platinum fillings. Ah, yeah, I got them. And so God turned my amalgams to platinum and my Baptist dentist took a sample and sent it in. It had silver and some other stuff and it was coated in pure platinum. 
He said, no dentist would do this. And he had all my dental records. It was funny on a Sunday, or I, on a Sunday, I got these, uh, that miracle from the Lord in that service. And I went in on a Tuesday for a cleaning and a checkup. And uh, the person who was cleaning my teeth said, they're looking at my dental records and they're looking at my mouth. They're looking and they're just like bright, shining, like white gold. I didn't know they were platinum at the time. And so what happened was this. What happened was um, they looked in there and they're like, you know, I've obviously got new teeth, but they were the exact same fillings because 35-year-old amalgams, which are not healthy for you, people are being advised to take amalgams out and put new things in. And so God supernaturally changed my amalgams into this platinum and he put a sign or a wonder in my mouth to shine out to my Baptist dentist who loved the Lord. And the bottom line is he comes in, he goes, all right, David, he says, what's going on here? He says, I heard you got some new, new, uh, new fillings. And I said, yeah. And he said, where'd you get those? And I said, well, I, when did you get those? I said, I got them on Sunday. He says, well, what dentist is open on Sunday? I said, a dentist by the name of Jesus. He said, David, if it was anybody but you. <laughs> anyway, long story short, he looked in my mouth. He goes, my golly. He goes, I've never seen anything quite like that. He goes, it's just different looking. And he said, uh, you know, you mind if we take a sample of one? So he took a sample and he sent it in and came back. He says, listen, anybody ask, and Joanna knows him and his wife, he says, I'll testify that I did that. And they came back with pure platinum. No dentist would put pure platinum. Now, they were amalgams. Anyway, so uh, long story short, uh, he invited me to uh, uh, go to a, a Royals uh, baseball game. And uh, so he had brought a girl with him who he took every year, once a year. And she was developmentally disabled. And she wasn't real stable, and she had a lot of issues. And I brought another pastor friend of mine with me because he had season tickets for four. And so as we were getting ready to walk down to the seat, she wasn't stable, and I asked, could I pray for her? And uh, she said, yeah, she was a believer. She put my hand on top of her head with her permission, and the power of God went through her and did some healing in her. And all of a sudden, she was stable. She went down. What we didn't know is then God healed her of something else that she'd had for many, many years. And so out of my miracle was a sign or a wonder that then caused us to be invited somewhere where God did another miracle and released his gifts of healing to his children. And then on the seventh inning stretch, my dentist had a, a deaf ear or an ear you couldn't hear much out of. And he had damaged it scuba diving many, many years ago. And so we went up on the seventh inning stretch to go get a hot dog and whatever. And I said, can I pray for you? And the Lord opened up his ear and then healed his ear. Amen. And so that's what happened. So this story with the teeth thing continues on. I just got done preaching a message and this woman who was a witch had gotten saved and God had popped open her deaf ear and delivered her from a bunch of stuff and and uh, a friend of mine came up and handed me this really soft oatmeal cookie. And I thought, oh my gosh, it was so soft. And it was just like, it would bend, you know, as I'm getting ready to eat it. And so I, I bite into this cookie. This is about a year later. And as I bite into this cookie, I break a tooth. And I'm thinking, how did I break a tooth on a soft oatmeal cookie? What is going on? And so I'm commanding the tooth to regenerate. And I'm commanding you know, this or that to happen, and nothing's happening. 
You know, because when that miracle realm is present, it's almost like electricity shoots through your hands. It's, it's kind of like, you know, takes you back for a second when you pray for somebody, they go out under the power and they come up with, you know, new dental miracles. And so we have several of those stories, but I can't do that on demand. It happens as the spirit wills, but it also happens when we are willing. We have to come into alignment. You can't do anything without him. And for whatever reason, he doesn't do anything without partnership on the earth. He said, pray that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. So God, without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. Wow. Did you just say that, David? Yeah, I did. Without God, we cannot do the miraculous. Unless we're operating in another spirit. About partnership. Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. He has set it up that way. He's chosen to work through his church. He's chosen to work through you and me. He's chosen us to be vessels of honor, fit for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Are you willing? He gives gifts to whosoever he will, and I believe he gives gifts to whoever will. Remember, the gifts aren't for you as much as they are through you for others. So let's give a quick illustration as we're moving on. There's a Christmas tree this time of year. So a Christmas tree, underneath the Christmas tree, there's gifts. So you cut a tree down and then you stick it up and you put on Christmas and all the ornaments and you put gifts underneath it. An orange tree, on the other hand, or an apple tree has fruit all over it, right? The fruit on the apple or the orange tree comes from a tree that's alive. A Christmas tree is really primarily dead yet it has gifts underneath it. So here's what's interesting. When you come to the Christmas tree and there's a gift from Billy to Susie or from Jim to his daughter or Sheila to, 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 to Dave or to whoever it is, nobody gets the gift, opens it up, gets this great present and comes back and says, oh, Christmas tree, Thank you for this gift that you gave me. They go and they look at the name that it came from to them and they go and thank the person that sent them the gift that was stored under the boughs of the tree. We are trees of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. And if God gives you a gift of healing for Billy or Jim or Shanika or Mary or Biff, whatever it is, when people come back and thank you for healing them, no, 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 no. It wasn't me who healed you. I was the vehicle or the vessel that it came through. I was the tree of righteousness. But give glory to God. Jesus sent you that gift and healed you or delivered you or set you free. The other night, um, a friend of ours called and she asked for a prayer for her son who was really struggling breathing and some other things with the current sicknesses that are in the earth and and uh, the lord told me he was going to be okay and so we prayed and and she's actually a, a retired doctor and for 20 years she's had a collapsed lung and so in the middle of the night while she's praying for her son for him to be healed she feels like she's having a heart attack and so when i picked up on that i'm like well let's pray for her as well and i had a film clip vision of god taking and putting a balloon 
inside of her lung and just filling it up instantly. And as I announced what I saw, because remember, the gifts of the Spirit are given as He wills to whosoever will. We agreed with God, instead of praying just for the Son, we said, can we pray for you? And so I said, I just saw a vision, and my wife, Joanna, saw the exact same vision. And he established it in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So I said, go ahead, Joanna. And she, she started to pray. And this is what's interesting. I've got like this blower anointing that comes on me. And as I blow on people, like, you know, Jesus blew on them, breathed on them, and said, receive the Holy Spirit. There's a mighty wind that came. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit on the book of Acts. Began to speak with tongues and prophesy. And Jesus, I mean, and, and, and God breathed into Adam the breath of life, the pneuma, the pneumaticos, the breath. The Spirit of God, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, by Shem Yeshua, the name of Jesus. And here's what happened. Joanna had been in a service earlier that day, and a Miracle Signs and Wonders uh, evangelist and missionary who's planted thousands of churches, her and her husband, had hugged Joanna. She had, gave me a hug, and I got a hug. Joanna got a hug and an impartation. Something happened when Joanna got hugged that woman of God hang on to Joanna and I saw an impartation go in. And immediately that night as Joanna stepped out, she felt led to blow into the phone. The pneuma of God, the breath of God. And when she did, I almost fell out. The power of God in the room through her blowing. Now I know what people feel like when they're on that side of the blower and I was on that side of it with my wife. And so she had picked up a gift by impartation that I'd been encouraging her to, to try to step into, right? I prayed for her for that blower anointing. But something happened when that woman of God hugged her and held on to her and I saw an impartation go in. So here's what happened. That woman on the other side of the phone, she says, well, okay. I said, no, I'm telling you. I know you received. She said, well, I received by faith. See, when you've been in a position and a situation for so long, it's almost difficult to believe that you're going to be healed. You still preach for it. You still pray for it. You still contend. But often, even when you get it, you don't know you've had it. And she called back, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes later. And she was just broken with appreciation unto the Lord. She had been completely healed. Her lung had completely filled up through the prayer on the phone and blowing the pneuma, the breath of God. Remember, we didn't decide to go do it and ask God to bless it. We saw God wanted to do it and we agreed with him and he did it. Do you see the difference? Sent versus went. When you're sent, God has sent you and he goes before you and he brings the power with you and he comes behind you to protect you. When you just went on your own, he might do the miracle Look, Moses struck the rock twice and was in gross air and didn't enter the promised land, but God still did the miracle. Don't think just because miracles are happening, you're in alignment with God. Sometimes he does it just because he's merciful. But often when you're in alignment with him, great things happen. The miraculous really comes by, from being in proximity with him. You can tell people that are in proximity with Jesus because they carry something when they walk into the room. It's either a joy or an authority, or some sort of power is on them because it's not really them. 
It's Christ in them, the hope of glory. When people like you and you don't even know why, it's the favor of God. It's not your charismatic personality. <laughs> Trust me. True story. One day, I heard the Holy Spirit say this to me. I was in prison, was in the late 90s, and I was walking in a lot of favor. And sometimes you walk in so much favor, you get used to it, and you think it's like always going to be there, or you think that, um, think that it's you. And it was a life lesson for me. It was a teachable moment. And as I'm walking through the into the phone room to make a phone call, I heard these words, I'm about to withdraw my favor from you for a season. I said, I rebuke you, Satan. God has surrounded me with a shield of favor, Psalms 512, Luke 252, and Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. It doesn't line up with scripture. I reject it and I rebuke you. No response. I got off the phone, made my call. I walked out, something was different. And instantly, favor had been withdrawn from me. People that loved me on the compound now were suddenly cold to me. Staff members that I got along with great treated me like everybody else. And it's like everything turned away from me that had been turned toward me because it was the gift of favor on my life. And this went on for two weeks. One guy comes up to me and he said, David, the Lord told me to intercede for you for two weeks that you're going to need it. He was very prophetic. And he was my only friend for two weeks in that prison setting where, I mean, I'd led probably a hundred people to Christ. God had showed up. We'd given Bibles away. I was leading Bible study. I mean, uh, and all of a sudden favor was gone. And I went to go to work. I was working in the law library and my coworkers suddenly didn't like me. They wouldn't even talk to me. It was the most bizarre thing. And at the end of it, all of a sudden in one day, it was like, it all shifted and everything was over and people loved me again. And remember this, favor is a gift from the Lord. Never take it for granted and never think it's your personality or your charisma that's making it happen. Because if it is, that's a bigger problem. <laughs> Now, maybe God gave you a gift of charisma, and that's wonderful. And you want to know what the word charisma means in the Greek? Gifts. So the word charisma is the Greek word for gifts. The word pneumatikos is spiritual things, but the word gifts is charisma. And that's why certain Christians are called charismatic Christians because they operate in the gifts. So word of wisdom is number one. Word of knowledge is number two. The gift of faith is number three. The gifts of healing, plural, is number four. Working of miracles is number five. Supernatural ability to perform miracles by the Holy Spirit. Dental miracles would be miracles. We were uh, in a service uh, years ago, and a woman came up, and she had a, a surgery done where they put uh, titanium in her back. They put in two plates down around her spine to hold things up, and she was in her uh, you know mid-60s at the time, and... And she was on painkillers. And she was a very committed believer. She and her husband. And we actually have this on video. We got some video footage of it. I don't put a lot of stuff on, on video on healings and miracles. I don't want to put people's you know, stuff out there without their permission. We have some stuff. But I've got a lot of stuff on either private or hidden links. And, and uh, so we, we have a lot of really fun stuff that we sometimes reminisce and go back and celebrate what God has done. But what happened was she came up and she wanted prayer for the pain. And I said, oh, no, God's going to heal your back. 
and I commanded the titanium in her back to bend back into its correct position as it was designed to. So the doctor had made a mistake, but Dr. Jesus loved her. And I asked her to bend down. This whole thing took several minutes as we went through layers of it. And all of a sudden, boom, she bent down and she came up with tears in her eyes. And she was off all pain medication from that point forward. She went back to her Jewish doctor. And the Jewish doctor looked and he says, I don't understand this. He says, titanium doesn't bend, but this is bent into place. So she got evidence from her doctor. And she said, what happened? She says, oh, well, a pastor friend of mine had prayed for me. He goes, oh, okay, that's good. Run along. You know? And so... Uh, Anyway, that's just the miracle working power of God. And when you see recreative or creative miracles, that's the miracle working. Like when somebody's uh, kidney is, is there, but the kidney's not functioning, it's dead. And you speak to that thing to come back to life and it regenerates or recreates in that thing. That's a recreative miracle. A creative miracle is when there is no kidney, kidney and you speak and God puts a brand new one in. And that happens as well. We were in a service with my, my, my prophet friend who operates in a lot of dental miracles and I'd kind of picked up that dental anointing. Now he flows in it. He like lives in that piece of real estate. Me, I visit, you know, so it comes and it goes. But uh, we were in a service. He asked me to come up and take up the offering. We were down in Springfield, Missouri. It was like this prophet's conference and and so all these people are learning how to operate in their prophetic gifts. And he calls me up and says, would you take up the offering? So I did. And the Lord had told me to sow a <clears throat> kind of a sacrificial seed because he needed this, uh, this camera. And so I sowed a seed and it was like the fifth service. And I had not gotten there because I was busy doing some other ministry. And so everybody else was kind of gived out. Have you ever been in that situation where you're gived out? You've given and you've been sacrificial. And so here I wrote this check, which was one-tenth of what they needed for this camera system. And uh, instantly the spirit of giving just came on the whole group. And they immediately just wrote checks to pay for this whole camera system instantly. And it released something in the atmosphere when that sacrificial giving, where they were stretched like Gumby. But it wasn't stretched by the minister. They weren't stretched by my message. They were stretched by the Lord. And there's a difference when the gift of giving comes in by the Holy Spirit, there's a joy that God loves a cheerful giver versus you're giving because you feel stretched or manipulated or browbeat, you know, completely different spirit. So this gift of giving came in and everybody was like filled with joy. And then I saw like about six portals just open up in the realm of the spirit over this group of about two or 300 people. And I said to the prophet front, I said, can I use my liberty? He says, go, go. And so I said, I believe God's doing dental miracles. See, I tapped into his mantle where he lives commonly in a place that I visit occasionally. But when I was with him, you can blend your anointings where one can put a thousand to flight, two can chase 10,000. And I started calling out healings and people started getting healed by word of knowledge. I call out the name like a knee's being healed and the person would just like get up and they start and they'd start to bounce on it and they were going in for knee surgery and now they're like bouncing around like, you know, there's nothing wrong because there isn't because God gave them a recreative miracle, gave them new, you know, re healed the bones or whatever. And all of a sudden I saw dental angels 
ascending and descending. So I just started calling out dental miracles. And 15 people came forward to testify in one service. And instead of them having amalgams turn to platinum or amalgam turn to gold or silver or having nothing in their tooth and a gold or silver filling appearing, the people had metal, it disappeared and became enamel. And I'd never seen that before or since. So God took all the metal out. Somebody says, well, God gave me gold or silver. Well, I had gold or silver. God gave me my enamel back. I got the original. And so you just, there's no rhyme or reason to it, but God knows what he's doing. My friend in Africa, Israel Agre, he says to me, he says, yeah, he says, David, he says, I've never really understood when God does the multiplying of food. When God does the multiplying of food, he says, it's at the most unusual times. He says, and he'll, we'll take, we'll have a little bit, we'll break and we'll just, we'll feed and we'll be in Africa in the, in the bush. And all of a sudden the food will multiply. And what will happen is everybody will be fed and we'll have, you know, bins left over. He said, and sometimes he says, I know God is going to do the miracle because we have no food and I'll take what we have and I'll pray over it and we'll pray over it and it doesn't multiply. He said, I just have to believe God knows what he's doing. He says, we contend. He says, so just keep pressing in and don't get discouraged when it doesn't happen. And he says, and always be appreciative when it does happen. Anyway, so that's kind of there. So gifts of healing, gifts, plural, healings, plural, different categories. I have friends, like, I'll tell you where I'm, I've got the gifts of healing at. One of the gifts of healings that I have is common is muscles, joints, knees, ligaments, tendons. That's like my backyard. God's given me that piece of real estate. That's just common. I just can't, you know, we just go for it, right? Um, dental miracles, sporadic. Deaf ears pretty common the the really recreative ones where the electricity like and they did like like a tornado went through my ear you know or a freight train that comes and goes but the more you time you spend praying in the spirit more time you spend in proximity with the king of kings who is the healer the lord of lords he is the healer when you're in proximity with him then you can say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk and immediately grab them by the hand and pull them up and strength will come into their ankle bones and they'll begin to walk and leap and praise God. There was a woman who had uh, had, had uh, a stroke and uh, there was about 500 people present. I was in the audience and uh, the, the minister said, God's doing some healings. And... So right before this happened, the guy next to me, he says, hey, he said he's healing the left shoulder. And he goes, but my problem is in my right shoulder. And I said, well, would you like to be healed in your right shoulder? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay. So I laid hands on him and God gave him a recreative miracle. And the Lord said to me, ask him about his knees. And so I thought to myself, you know, I don't really know this guy that well. I said, um, he goes, how are you with knees? See, when I didn't ask, God prompted him to ask because God's wanting to do something. He goes, I said, well, you know, same Jesus who heals, you know, shoulders, heals knees. And he said, so he was going to go in for some sort of stem cell surgery. He had all money parked aside and he was going to do this and that. So I laid hands on the knee and God instantly healed his right knee. 
I said, you had lay hands on the other knee and God healed his left knee. He got up, he began to bend down and he left the service. I'm thinking, well, that's kind of weird. You know, you just get healed and you leave a service. And it was in a, like a, you know, big hotel, like a Hyatt hotel. We had the, the grand ballroom that we were in and, uh, the service lasted about another hour and it was ending. And he comes walking back in in his tracksuit. He just ran three miles. He couldn't walk a hundred yards, but he went and ran three miles. And here's what's interesting. He said, you have no idea what this has done for me. And here's what happened. He ended up writing me a check sewed into my life. He wrote a check to the minister sewed into his life out of appreciation. You can't buy a healing, but you can give thanks and praise and appreciation and then send that minister or that ministry forward to go do more of the same. And so hotel meetings aren't inexpensive to do. And, uh, and so this is a funny story. He ended up sewing into me personally for the next 12 months. He put me on salary with this company and I started getting these checks in the mail. And I'm like, Doc, what is this for? He said, well, you're my consultant. I said, what do you mean? I, I don't, he goes, do you answer my phone calls? I said, well, yeah, I answer your phone calls. He goes, do you talk to me? I go, yeah, we're friends. He says, you're my consultant. I'm paying you consulting. I said, well, you know, you don't have to do that. He goes, nope, you're getting paid. He goes, I've got 50 positions. He goes, one's available right now. He goes, you've just filled that position. We didn't even live in the same state. God eventually ended up delivering him from a, a wrong relationship, setting him free in an area of some, you know, alcohol use. And uh, he poured out all of his stuff. And then he ended up meeting a woman who was also a doctor whose husband had passed away and she had two sons. He always wanted sons. And on top of that, what happened was she was Church of the Nazarene and they don't believe in any drinking whatsoever. And so she would never have married a man who imbibed. And so I'm not getting on the doctrinal issue, but what I am saying is God took him on a journey. He met me because I was in proximity with Jesus. Jesus touched him. Because Jesus touched him, he didn't have to go into medical. And God restored his life. And then he was reciprocal. And he blessed me that day and then for the next 12 months and then God continued to give him layers of deliverance and now he's happily married and he owns you know six locations and very profitable and uh, so that's what the gifts can do so I have the gifts of healing he had the gift of giving when those two connect it's a glorious thing and when that happens the gospel then goes forth further and right now, my wife and I, because of that, I was able to build infrastructure for our ministry and we're getting ready to go on a large platform. And I'm gonna share my testimony that'll go out to the world. We've been able to have virtual church media and now we're building Virtual Church Institute, which will go live. Virtualchurchinstitute.com will go live in January. Uh, late January of 2022, you'll be able to get curated content. So this is kind of how the kingdom works with the gifts. And you might have a gift of encouragement. Somebody else might have the gift of miracles. Somebody else might have the gift of faith. And guess what? The gifts are not for us as much as they are through us. 
They're not to us as much as they are through us to others and for others. So when you look at the Christmas tree and you get a gift and you unwrap it, you don't run to the tree and give thanks. You go to the person who gave it to you. So when the gifts of healing or the gift of giving comes into your life, what happens is, when the gift of giving comes into your life, what happens is you appreciate the person, but you go and get on your knees and thank God who's your provider. Because God's the one you don't want ever want to be cut off from. He can use a lot of different people, can't he? Right? So let's talk about fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, the love, joy, and peace, because the, the gifts operate by faith and faith worketh by love. So the love of God is the fruit of the Spirit. So when you carry the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, that's a choice. You know, you can be, you can be mean as a rattlesnake and still operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I have friends that really operate in the gifts, but they don't have the love. And many will come to me in that day and say, no, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and cast out devils in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Away from me, doer of iniquity, I never knew you. The word iniquity there is lawlessness. You knew the law, you knew the rules, didn't follow them. Away from me, I never knew you. The word knew you there is the same word that's used in Luke 134, where Mary says, how will this be? That I'm going to be with child. I've never known a man. I've never been intimate. So there are people that have the gifts, but they don't spend time in the presence of God for relationship with the Lord. They might spend time in the presence to get the anointing so they can operate their ministry. Do you know what you call somebody who only spends time in intimacy for funding? I think it's prostitution, yeah. Anyway, so you don't want to be that kind of person only spending time with the Lord. You want to get something, to get the anointing. You want to spend time with Him, to be with Him and out of that relationship and walking in proximity with Him. You know, when you spend time in prayer regularly, and it really takes about, about two weeks to really get back in the zone when you've slid out. I'm talking about being really in the zone with the Lord where... When you raise your hand, heaven comes in. Versus you got to raise your hand, you got to sing, you got to dance, you got to shout, you got to worship, you got to cry, you got to roll on the floor, you got to weep. Now that's some of the things you have to do to get into God's presence, to be in proximity, where when you walk into the room, he walks in with you. But when you walk in in proximity with him, the minute you do something because you're in agreement with him, you're already releasing the already decided will of God into the earth so that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. So working in miracles is a supernatural ability to perform miracles by the Holy Spirit. The gift of prophecy is the ability to communicate the voice of God to his people. So the gift of prophecy, last week we talked about the four prophetic gifts, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, and prophecy. Prophecy is hearing from God, his thoughts and his mind on the matter, and communicating that from the Father's heart, which is a heart of love, to restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, lest we too are tempted. You might have a prophetic word about somebody, but you don't have the heart of God about the person. And so you need to maybe refrain from going and giving that word until you can match it with God's heart along with his words. Otherwise, you can do damage with the prophetic word. So if your love level doesn't exceed the person's issue, you'll not minister to them effectively. You'll do damage. Iron sharpens iron. So does one man sharpen the countenance of his friend. But iron doesn't sharpen iron when it's not the friend. You'll put divots in their head if you're not friendly. 
Is that helpful at all? So, the gift of prophecy, ability to communicate the voice of God to people, hearing from God and communicating that with man. And you may all prophesy, 1 Corinthians 14.31. Number seven, discerning of spirits, ability to detect spirits, angelic, demonic, and human. So, discerning of spirits is not discerning of demons. So... I, I often run into people that are like, oh, well, I'm discerning this spirit. I'm discerning that spirit. I'm like, well, that's great. Any angels in the room? Oh, I don't know. I'm like, well, two-thirds of the angels didn't fall, but you only discern the demons. And I'm just like, you don't have the gift of discerning a spirit. You got the gift of suspicion or discerning the devils. I said, maybe, maybe the Lord will enhance that gift to cover the other two-thirds so you can actually see those and cooperate with angels instead of just rebuking devils all the time Amen. and so uh yeah and you can also discern a human spirit like a person's got a spirit of anger on them might not be a demon just they're angry they might have a spirit of jealousy you walk into the room you're like wow that person's really got you know like you say something about what god's doing in or through your life or some great thing that he's done and they're just like Look like they've been baptized in lemon juice, held down about three minutes, and they're all angry. And you're like, are you okay? No, I'm fine. That's really great, brother. I'm just really glad the Lord's doing that for you. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'll be praying for you. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Really appreciate the prayers, you know. Pentecostal charismatic witchcraft coming here. I might have to get, you know, a shield of faith up amongst my own brothers wounded in the house of my friends. So, you know, you can discern a human spirit and it can be fueled by a demon spirit if you're not careful. And the spirit of jealousy is a murdering spirit. I don't know if you know that, but Cain slew Abel because he was jealous. So the first murder in the Bible is out, out of jealousy, where one person received the reward of the Lord for being obedient. The other one wanted to obtain it a different way. They wanted, I did it my way. Rejected. I did it my way. Okay, you can do it your way. There's hell to pay. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe not, but, you know, grace. But you want to do it God's way. So if you see somebody getting something, ask God how you can get it too by doing what needs to be done to get it. And so don't be jealous of that person. Don't judge that person. And let me share something else with you. Never judge a person's harvest. Oh, they're driving this car or they got this house or, you know, they got this wife or they got this. Never judge their harvest until you find out what kind of seed they sowed. I'll guarantee you, everybody that's got some stuff from the Lord, they have been sacrificial in their giving or somebody in their generations above them released the generational blessing upon them through their sacrificial giving. In the book of Hebrews, it's very interesting, chapter 7, verses 8 through 10, it said that Levi paid tithes unto Melchizedek while he was yet still in the loins of his father, Abraham. Levi gave tithes unto Melchizedek while he was yet still in the loins of his father, Abraham. Now think about this. Melchizedek is the sage of Salem, prince of peace. He's a pre-incarnate Christ, a Christophany, theophany, pre-incarnate appearance of Christ in the book of Genesis. The first time we ever hear of tithing where they gave a tenth occurs with Abraham, the father of our faith. It predates the law by 430 years. So somebody says, well, tithing's, you know, that's under the law. No, it actually predates the law. So here's what happens. Abraham gave him a tenth of the spoils. But the Bible says 
that Levi paid tithes unto Melchizedek. Now here's what's amazing about this. Talk about the generational blessing. Abraham had no children at the time when he sowed the tithe. Abraham had no children. Yet who was in the loins of Abraham at the time that hadn't been born yet, hadn't been placed in the womb yet? Isaac. Who was in Isaac's loins inside of Abraham's loins? Jacob. Who was in Jacob's loins inside of Isaac's loins inside of Abraham's loins? The 12 sons of Jacob, which was Levi, was the priestly thing. So every time you sow a seed under the Lord, God sees your seed sowing seed and your seed seed and your seed 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 under the third and the fourth generation. Isn't that amazing? So there's some people that have a generational blessing on them and you don't know why. And when you look up in their bloodline, you'll find out there was a heavy giver in that bloodline that released the covenant promise over their children and their children's children and their children's 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 lives. Is that amazing? Hebrews chapter seven, verses eight through 10, you can go reference it. But every time you give, you are releasing a blessing over your children, your children's children, and your children's children's children, biblically. Isn't that cool? We always talk about the generational curse goes down to the third, the fourth generation of those who hate me. Ah, you got generational curses, spirits of inheritance, let's break them all. That's great. What about the generational blessings and angelic inheritance and angelic assistance? Who talks about that? Is it discerning of spirits or is it discerning of demons? Is it discerning of curses or is it discerning of blessings? If you have the gifts, they ought to operate in balance because a false balance, the scripture says, is an abomination to the Lord. Okay, we're going to be closing out here. Let me get my little device back on. We're going to finish up. So discerning of spirits is the ability to recognize spirits, demonic, angelic, and human. And then there's diverse kinds of tongues. The sudden ability to speak languages previously unknown. And we have a whole series on, I think, the gift of tongues. I've got a book on it called um, On the Subject of Tongues. It's called uh, What the Bible Really Says About the Subject of Tongues. And we break down four different types of tongues in that book, as well as how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so then there's interpretation of tongues. The sudden ability to interpretate languages, interpret languages previously unknown. So when you have the gifts of the Spirit, we'll just go through them one more time. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Word of wisdom, supernatural application of knowledge and facts. Word of knowledge, specific information given by the Holy Spirit to solve a problem. Gift of faith, special faith that comes upon you to do something miraculous. The gifts of healing, supernatural ability to perform miracles by the Holy Spirit. The gifts of pro- gift of prophecy, ability to communicate the voice of God to the people in the Father's heart. Number seven, discerning of spirits, ability to detect spirits, angelic, demonic, and human. Number eight, diverse kinds of tongues, sudden ability to speak languages previously unknown. There's different applications of that. And interpretation of tongues, sudden, sudden ability to interpret languages previously unknown. This is something that comes upon you, and when you have interpretation of tongues, you'll hear the person speaking in a language you're not familiar with, and you'll hear back in your mind in your own language. 
Like if you speak Swahili, you'll hear it back, hear it back in Swahili if somebody's speaking English. And if you speak English, you'll hear you know, French or Arabic or whatever, and you'll hear back in your own mind the same thing coming in English with a perfect translation. One day I was praying in tongues, and I was a, a young believer. I'd been born again about a year, I think, at that point, and I'd been praying in tongues every day, and I used to like to pray in tongues a minimum of 15 minutes, then sometimes it would roll into an hour or two hours, and this is when I was incarcerated. I still pray in tongues now, um, but... I would be praying in my room, and when you have your private prayer language in tongues, what happens is you need to pray that you might interpret, that your mind might be fruitful, your spirit is edified and being charged up, that you, know, you need to pray that God will give you insight. And if you pray in tongues during the day, you'll often have interpretation in dreams at night and have dreams at night. God will pour out his spirit. But what happened was I was like, you know, you know, after a while, you're like, you know, I wasn't feeling the presence of God real strong. I'm like, Lord, you know, I, I'd like a new tongue. And, uh, you know, so he'll change your tongue. He'll give you, you know, diverse tongues or so many of them. And so here's what happened. I'm like, Lord, I really, I don't know. I'm having like a faith problem right now. Here I am praying every day in tongues, but now I'm wondering if I'm even praying in tongues. And so there was this little, uh, almost like an Arabic sounding thing coming out of me. And so all of a sudden I hear my name. I said, Lord, I really need confirmation. I said, and all of a sudden I hear my name called to the, you know, the, we call it the cop shop, the, 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 the guard shack or whatever you call that, you know. And I, I go, what's up? He goes, I need some shaving cream for our unit. And he goes, I, you're one of the few inmates I could trust to go out right now when we're on lockdown to the other unit in between moves. And he says, would you go over and do me a favor and pick up shaving cream? I'll, I'll, I'll call on the radio and tell him you're coming to let you in. I'm like, okay. Let's see, it was a God setup. As I'm walking in, I hear the same language. Some other guy's praying in tongues in the exact same language I am. So I go up, I come in all the way down the hall, all the way through the unit. And I come in, and it's during the day, and everybody's at work, and, and all of a sudden, as I'm walking in, it's getting louder and louder and louder, and all of a sudden, and he's talking, and he's stopping, and he's talking in tongues, and he's stopping, and he's talking, and all of a sudden, I walk up, and there's an Arab guy on the phone. He's got the same language I do. The difference is, he's actually communicating with somebody who understands his language. And I said, Lord, I'll never doubt you again. Thank you for that confirmation. And so I went and got the shaving cream, got it back, got a big smile on my face and went back and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So those are the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are not for us as much as they are through us. And guess what? You can use the gifts of the Spirit for yourself when needed. Like I broke my foot one time and had to command the bones to fuse and was contending for like an hour and a half before the Lord fused the bones and it's pretty painful. And my foot was all Christmas colors and I had to go preach a healing service that night. Anyway, met my wife that night. So there was like a little attack before I met my wife. And so before the miracle, sometimes you have to face a giant. After the miracle, sometimes comes an attack. And, uh, but yeah, so you can use the gifts of the Spirit or utilize, really utilize the gifts of the Spirit in your own behalf. But primarily, wouldn't it be better if you didn't need them? where you could utilize them in behalf of other people and release God's love, his provision, whether it's 
a gift of prophecy, a gift of healing, a gift of deliverance, a gift of wisdom, a gift of word of knowledge, a gift of faith, or a gift of giving to meet people's needs. I love to give. And so when we give, we just have to ask the Lord to refill our coffers so that we can flow out, especially at this time of Christmas, there seems to be like this, this giving. So, Father, we're going to go ahead and close out now. Has this been helpful? Yes. Say hello to everybody online. Hi. Hello. We have a live audience. So we're here on Wednesday nights here in uh, Orlando, Florida area. Come join us. Uh, my wife, Joanna, and I. And Joanna, would you come around so we can just... Uh, she doesn't want to come, so she'll pray from that side. But uh, anyway, there we go. There's the fingers. She waved. One more time. <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful manicure? Beautiful. So we're going to close out, but we want to pray for you that God will now activate you in gifts. How many want to receive? Amen. Amen. Okay. Lord, I just release and activate the gifts. This is where I see the Lord is pouring out right now. He's going to begin giving you word of knowledge and word of wisdom. It's going to begin in part in dreams of the night as he pours out his spirit upon you as you slumber in your beds, as you rest on the pillow when your busy day and social media is not banging on your phone and text messages and all the chatter and the vicissitudes of life, when you're asleep, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. It's going to open your ears, seal your instructions. He's going to give you songs in the middle of the night. He's going to wake you up with a song in the morning. You're going to get in the shower. You're going to hear a song that's just beginning to come up. And it'll be a song that'll be prophetic. For the day, you won't realize why you've got it. It could be a warfare song to prepare you. It could be a song of peace. It could be a song of joy. But it'll be a prophetic song that God brings up in your spirit when you wake and you rise up and you begin to walk, you begin to hum it. You won't even know what it is. And as you begin to hum that song, it will get in and it'll begin to come out of your mouth. As it begins to come out of your mouth, you feel the presence of God come on you and it will set the stage for the day. And you'll find out it was God having you to declare a thing in the earth. Also, many of you are going to start uh, having what's called uh, almost an empathy. Where you walk by somebody and you're going to feel their pain. You're going to feel their sorrow. And they're going to have a smile on their face. And you're going to say, how are you doing today? Oh, just wonderful. But you're going to know something is wrong. And you're going to be able to approach them at a later time or the Lord, if you pray into it, will give you something to give them, a a greeting card of encouragement with a prophetic word or a scripture or just letting them know or you'll give them a hug and they'll just break down in front of you because they need that touch from the master who lives in you. You get to be Jesus with skin on to release the goodness of God and the love of God. And you're going to begin operating by almost, uh, I don't want to make it, it's, it's a gift of empathy. You'll be almost empathic. You'll be able to feel what's going on in them. And you'll know by the Holy Spirit that it's time to take action or intercede for them. The other thing is God is releasing the gifts of healing because we need healing gifts in the earth right now with all the problems we've got with health and a broken down medical system in our country. And God is going to release miraculous signs and wonders to these people in need 
and he's going to do it through you. Because you're a tree of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. He gives the gifts to whosoever he will. And I believe whosoever will, he'll give them to. So if you want them, just raise your hands up and say, Lord, here I am, Lord. Send me. Allow me to be the messenger to bring the gift to this person. When they unwrap it, it meets their need. Even as you did for a friend over the phone and filled up her lung. Even as you did for that that developmentally disabled woman in the baseball game and my dentist friend who popped his ear open and so many others, Lord. Do it. Raise up an army to carry your goodness. Let us be your hands and feet in the earth. Yes. Make us living words, living Bibles, living epistles seen and read of all men and make the gospel so pure through our lives that they'll want more. Make us salt and light shine through us and we vow tonight to give you the glory and point them back to you, the one who's the giver of the gifts. Yes. Thank you for allowing us to be messengers of righteousness, messengers of your goodness, messengers of your gifts, that you might break the back of the enemy with your goodness. For it's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. Even as God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself. Now Christ is in you and is yes. committed unto you the ministry of reconciliation. Even as Christ did not impute or charge or hold their trespasses or mistakes or transgressions or sins against them. Even so he's, he's imputed to you the ministry of reconciliation. He's given you the same ministry to reconcile others not holding their sins against them, but it's the goodness of God, Romans 2, 4, that leads men to read. Not the judgments, not the pointing of the finger, but rather the goodness. Why would you do this for me? God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you way too much to leave you in this current condition. Will you allow him to pull you out of that stuck place today? Well, do I have to do this? Uh, you don't have to do anything except turn from your sins and turn to Jesus. He'll do the rest. Let him clean you up over time. You don't have to clean yourself up and come to him. If you could do that, you wouldn't need a savior. Just give him your life. Tonight, if you're listening and you've never given your life to Jesus, he accepts you just the way you are. He died for you. He's hung up for your hangups on the cross 2,000 years ago. He gave his life for you while we were yet still sinners. Christ died for us. Will you let him come into your life right now? Will you turn from your ways and turn to his ways so you can be a vessel of honor fit for the master's use? If so, simply say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I turn from my sins. Yes. I turn from my old ways. My yes. best thinking got me into this situation. I need new thinking. I no longer need this stinking thinking. I recognize it as foul. Yes. I need the mind of Christ. Come in and wash me and cleanse me. I invite you in. I believe you died on the cross for me personally. I believe you were buried in the tomb and I believe 
You were raised from the dead on the third day. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life with your blood. I'm eternally there. I want to spend eternity in heaven. I want to live on the earth to bring heaven unto others as you've done for me this day. You said that prayer, send us a comment, send us an email, info at virtualchurchmedia.com. We'll send out some materials to you. And if you've never sown a seed, we ask you to do that for your children and your children's children and your children's children's children and for yourself. Virtualchurchmedia.com on the Give link. You partner with us. We do a lot of different things with the funds. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.